And uh, I don't know, it might be more than 15 sermons. I was just counting off the top of my head. And uh, just about everything's been preached that can be preached. And uh, a couple of people said this morning, said, man, said, uh, said that was some that you don't have to spit, spit nothing out. It's all truth. It's all right. Amen. And uh, so this morning, uh, Brother Caleb is preaching tonight. And I want you to come back. What a blessing, Brother Caleb. Uh, and Sister Amanda are, and what a blessing he has been in this jubilee. My, he took the, the singing and uh, just done great with it. And uh, I know he's excited about preaching tonight. And uh, I know he can't wait. He's uh, been listening to it all week, and uh, he's ready to go. Now, that's him. That's not me. Uh, I've been doing this 40, uh, 42 years. And uh, you've heard everything I've got to say, and then some, but I'm going to say it again. And uh, if you open your Bible this morning to Isaiah chapter 40 this morning, Isaiah chapter 40, and uh, I want to take my time in my delivery this morning if I can, because I want to go several places in the Bible uh, this morning uh, as we uh, look at this that I really never had seen before. Uh, but I, bl- I believe it's there, and uh, we'll see. And uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 3, the Bible said, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every mountain shall be exalted. Uh, Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Thank you. You can be seated, our Father. Uh, We just say praise God. Uh, Lord, for your blessings, and we just say glory to God, uh, Lord, for the kind of God that we serve. Lord, I know as uh, one of the preachers preached here, Brother Tripp, uh, Jeremiah, they asked him, is there any word from the Lord? And as long as we got a Bible, there's always a word from the Lord. And uh, we pray you'll bless the Word of God this morning. And uh, Lord, if there's anybody lost today, they need to get in, for like we heard in Sunday school, the hour our glass is running out, the time is running out. Lord, those that are saved, they need to be moving up, getting closer to the Lord, not backing away. And uh, oh God, speak to us from your word. If a person's saved, the word of God feeds them, uh, Lord. And I pray that there's a lot of people in this building that are saved, and I pray the word of God will feed them this morning. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, We have all uh, kind of types in the Bible. And uh, you're you're not unfamiliar with that if you know anything about uh, the Bible. Uh, But we have a lot of types uh, concerning the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We have a type of God the Father, and we really could get one earlier than this, but we have a type of God the Father and God the Son in Genesis 22. Abraham and Isaac. And the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son Isaac, and offer him upon the mountain. And we know when we read that story, we know that Abraham is a type of God the Father. And we know that Isaac is a type of the son, that when they got up on the mountain, there was no struggle, uh, there was no resistance, there was no trying not to have to be sacrificed. But I believe Isaac is a type of the Lord, that he just laid himself down there, uh, trusting his father. And uh, that was a type of the father and a type of the son. Of course, we go to Exodus 12, and verse 5, we have, an, we have another type exemplified in the Lamb. The Bible said in verse 5, You shall choose you a Lamb without spot and without blemish. And we know that that is talking about the Lord. 
The book of Isaiah, as you know, I guess you know, the book of Isaiah is a mini Bible. It has 66 chapters and the Bible has 66 books. And in that 40th chapter, which would be the beginning of the New Testament, the Bible tells us about John the Baptist, just the way your New Testament starts out. And so the book of Isaiah is like a mini Bible. When we look here at these verses this morning, it's talking about John the Baptist. And I want to do an analogy of John the Baptist. And as I do an analogy of John the Baptist, I see a whole lot like the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, You say, what do you mean? Well, uh, let's look at it here this morning by way of introduction today. When John comes on the scene in Matthew chapter 3, when John comes on the scene, it's the end of an era and the beginning of a new one. For the Bible said in Matthew 11 and verse 13, For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Uh, So we were coming to the end of an era. We look at Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost literally came. Uh, We have the ending of an era and the beginning of a brand new era. Not only that, we see that John, uh, he helps his disciples to learn how to pray. The Bible said in Luke the 11th chapter that the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples. And isn't it funny that we find in Romans chapter 8 that the Bible said, The Spirit helpeth our infirmities, for we know not how we ought to pray, but the Holy Ghost of God, He helps us to pray. Amen. Not only that, John, it says in our text today that John was the voice. Uh, The Bible said the voice uh, of him that crieth in the wilderness. Uh, John was a voice uh, that could not be silenced. Uh, uh, They cut his head off, uh, uh, but his voice still spoke. uh, Because in Matthew 14, O Herod, uh, O Herod, that henpecked king, uh, uh, that, uh, that submitted the wishes of his wife uh, uh, had John the Baptist's head cut off. Uh, uh, but when John's head was cut off, uh, uh, it did not stop the voice of John. Uh, uh, we know that because uh, uh, that the Bible said uh, uh, that when Jesus, the fame of Jesus arose, uh, uh, that old Herod thought it was John the Baptist back from the dead. In other words, he was still hearing that voice of John. Even though he cut his head off, he could still hear that. It's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. And do you know what? You can walk out of the church, many do. You can turn off the radio, many do. And you can say, I'm not going to listen to that preacher anymore. Uh, But you can't silence the voice of the Holy Ghost of God. Uh, He goes home with you. He gets in bed with you. He rides in the car with you. Amen. Uh, And like John, the Holy Ghost is a voice uh, that cannot be silenced. Uh, Not only that, John prepared the way of the Lord. Read here, right here in the Bible. It said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. John ran before the Lord. And John was a herald the king's coming. Make preparations for the king. John prepared for the king to enter in. Can I tell you this morning, the Holy Ghost of God... He prepares the way uh, uh, for Jesus to enter into your heart. Uh, uh, It is the Holy Ghost that runs before. Uh, It is the Holy Ghost that begins to convict and begins to uh, bring about that uh, desire for Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, 
Not only that, John was resisted. Uh, They didn't like what he said. Uh, Herod cut his head off because he didn't like him telling him he was committing uh, adultery. Amen. Uh, uh, Well, the Holy Ghost is resisted. He was resisted this week in services. He will be resisted this morning in this service that we're in. When Stephen stood up to preach, he said, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost even as your father did. Amen. When I look at the analogy of John the Baptist, I I know he was a forerunner for Christ. But you will remember that the Holy Ghost as we know Him today, the Holy Ghost as we know Him today, was not operating in that way when John the Baptist come on the scene. For Jesus said, It's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the Comforter cannot come. And when he's come, well, he's talking about when he come in Acts chapter 2. That when he came, he would begin uh, the ministry of uh, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, Well, I want to give you three things this morning in the analogy of John the Baptist uh, uh, that makes me think about the Holy Ghost. I guess I could almost say I won't, but John is almost a type of the Holy Ghost of God. When we look at this, he was not only the forerunner of Christ, but he was the forerunner of the way the Holy Ghost was going to work when it came. Amen. Let me give you three things this morning and we'll be done. First of all, we see it in his revealed. Uh, The Bible tells us uh, in John chapter 1 uh, and verse uh, 29 through verse 33. The Bible said, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. And the Bible saith, Behold the Lamb of God, uh, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me. For he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John by record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, The same said unto me, Whereupon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Now here's the thing. John revealed who the Lord Jesus was to Israel. John said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. But John would not have never known who it was had it not been for the Holy Ghost. A lot of people that don't know their Bible, that don't know much about the Word of God, they think John came baptizing so people could be saved. Baptism has nothing to do with somebody being saved. The reason John was a baptizer it was because uh, uh, you read it in your Bible the Lord had already revealed to John uh, and he said you just keep baptizing them uh, and he said when you baptize one uh, and the Holy Ghost descends from heaven like a dove uh, that's him amen uh, and so old John was uh, down there baptizing uh, and the Holy Ghost came uh, and the Holy Ghost revealed uh, uh, to John who the Lord was uh, If you ever find out who the Lord was, if you have found out who the Lord is, the Holy Ghost would have had to reveal it to you or there's no way you could have knew it. Amen. The Bible says the Holy Ghost was the revealer, but before the Holy Ghost revealed it to John, John was the revealer of who Jesus is. You say, what do you mean? Well, 
John was really the first one uh, uh, really to reveal uh, uh, who the Lord was. Uh, you say, what do you mean? Well, over there in the book of Luke, uh, you'll find there in the birth of Jesus Christ, and you have all that story there in Luke's gospel. How that Gabriel came to the father of John, Zacharias, and the angel Gabriel came and he told him he were going to have a child. And the Bible said that he told him his name will be John. Amen. The Holy Ghost told Zacharias this boy's name is going to be John. And Zechariah said unto the angel, I'm old. He said, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And in verse 20, the Bible said, The angel said, Behold, thou shalt be dumb. You know why, the, you know why he was struck dumb? He didn't believe the Word of God. Amen. And I want to tell you, if you don't believe the Word of God, you're struck and dumb. Amen. You can't say nothing. You don't know nothing if you don't believe the Word of God. But we know John. We know John. He was born. And we know when John was born, we know the Bible tells us there in that long chapter in Luke, we know the Bible says uh, that he was born, and they said, "What are we gonna name him?" Uh, and of course, uh, one said this, and another one said that, and they said, "Give John a piece of paper." And they gave John a piece of paper, and John wrote, "His name shall be John." Uh, and when he said that, his tongue was loosened. Uh, did you know the very minute you believe uh, the Word of God, your tongue uh, will be loosened? Uh, the reason some of you, uh, you can't never come to an altar uh, and get up and say, I'm saved, uh, it's because you don't believe the Lord. Uh, the Lord said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, uh, they shall be saved. Uh, and when you come to the altar, and believe upon the Lord uh, the Holy Ghost to loosen your tongue uh, and you can say uh, I'm saved by the grace of God and old John boy I love this stuff about John the Baptist and old John old John in between what I read to you in the beginning and end in the beginning in the beginning the angel came and visited Mary and said, This thing, uh, this holy thing shall be born of thee, uh, and he shall be called the Son of God. And he said, The Holy Ghost uh, uh, will move upon you. You say, I can't explain that. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's a biological impossibility. And old Dr. Lakin said, uh, uh, One of these college infidels uh, uh, came up to him and said, That's a biological impossibility. Uh, and old Dr. Lakin said, uh, I'll have you to know. Uh, uh, he said, uh, uh, They said it's a biological impossibility for a man to be born uh, with a mother but no father. Uh, and old and said, I'll have you know that the first man that was ever here, he got here without mother or father. Amen. God made him from the dust of the ground. And so we see John here, and the Bible said that Mary, Mary arose up, and in those days she went into the hill country in haste to the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Now watch this. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost of God. That baby, it revealed even at the birth of Christ, when she heard that salutation, that babe leaped. In the womb, Amen. John is the revealer, Amen. He reveals who that Jesus Christ is, and I thank God the Holy Ghost reveals that to you and me. Now, there's a strange thing said about John the Baptist, and the Bible says there in Luke chapter number eleven, the Bible, the angel said. 
uh, thou shalt call his name John from his birth. Verse 15, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not drink neither wine nor strong drink. He's different from a lot of Baptists. I know, amen. Uh, uh, but the Bible said, uh, and he shall be filled uh, uh, with the Holy Ghost uh, even from his mother's womb. Uh, uh, you say, how can that be? Well, uh, I got a little light on that today. Uh, uh, the Bible said his mother was carrying him uh, and when she heard uh, uh, what was said, it said his mother was filled uh, uh, with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, uh, you know what happens to a baby when you fill yourself with liquor, wine, or dope, it infiltrates into that baby. Amen. But here was a woman that was filled with the Holy Ghost. And that baby she was carrying, it was filled with the Holy Ghost. Leonard Ravenhill said, Miracle of all miracles. He said, Here's a baby filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. He said this baby's mother is filled with the Holy Ghost. When she heard the salutation, his father John was filled with the Holy Ghost when he believed God. Mama's filled. Daddy's filled. Baby's filled. Sound like a good setup to me. Amen. I'm telling you that's what we need today is we need our families filled with the Holy Ghost of God. And that was at his birth. John was the baptizer. That's why they call him John the Baptist. It wasn't because he was a Baptist like we got on a church sign. It was because John, that's why these Baptist brothers mess it up. You say, what do you mean? They, they think the only one's going to make up the bride of Christ is the Baptist. They think it'll be a Baptist bride. But one preacher said, if it is, she'll be a slender maiden. I'm glad the bride of Christ is made up of everybody that has really, truly been saved. Amen. That's who's going to make up the bride of Christ. But John was the baptizer. He said, I come baptizing with water. Uh, as I read to you, that's how he knew who the Lord was. Uh, the Spirit descended upon him. Uh, John was the baptizer. Uh, can I tell you who the Holy Ghost is? Uh, he's the baptizer. Amen. Uh, listen, John uh, or Brother Rick or some of these other preachers might put you in water uh, and baptize you. Uh, I had a lady call me the other night and uh, bless her heart. Uh, I fell far, but she called me with a situation and said we got a man out the hospital and said he, he needs to be baptized. Said he'd been saved, but he needs to be baptized, but he can't get water. I said, wait a minute. I said, you said I'm supposed to baptize him, but he can't get water? She said, yeah. And I said, how am I supposed to do that? And she said, sprinkle him. I said, I don't do sprinkling. I said, for me to sprinkling would go against everything I've taught and believed and preached for 42 years. I feel for your situation but I don't believe in sprinkling. I believe in immersion. Amen. I believe that baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Did you ever see anybody dead and all they did was sprinkle dirt on them? No, they cover them up. They bury them. Amen. You say, well, you should have went ahead and done it. I don't do stuff like that. You say to make people mad. I don't mean to make nobody mad, but I sure ain't going to make God mad. I'd rather you be mad at me than God is. I'm going to stand and preach what I believe. Amen. And I that Bible teaches baptism by immersion. John came. John was the baptizer. But wait a minute. The Bible said when you get saved, we are all baptized by one Spirit into the body of Christ. Ephesians 4 said there's one baptism. It's not that one. Because we have all different kinds of them. The one baptism that you better have... Uh, the one baptism that will keep you out of heaven uh, is that spiritual baptism uh, when the Lord places you in the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, 
Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. If I thought it did, I'd have run out to my car and went to the place I needed to go and done what she wanted me to do. But I said, lady, baptism has nothing to do with salvation. If he's confessed Christ and believes on Christ, he is saved. Amen. Amen. John was the baptizer. John revealed the Lord by at birth. He leaped in his mother's womb. John was the baptizer like the Holy Ghost is a baptizer. And John made a baptismal request. When Jesus come down to him, he said, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me. John knew that he needed to be baptized of the Lord. John, John knew and he did what the Lord told him. The Lord said, Thus it, it, it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And he suffered him or he allowed him and John baptized him. But the thing you want to see is that John knew uh, uh, that the important baptism was the one of the Spirit uh, and not the one of the water. Amen. Uh, number one, we see John in this analogy of John, we see him as a type of the Holy Ghost by his revealing. He revealed the Lord Jesus. Look at Matthew 3 and verse Number seven, the Bible said, and when John has come out of the wilderness with his garment of locusts and wild honey, and he went out to Jerusalem and Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and the Bible said, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees come to his baptism, he saith unto them, O generation of who hath warned you to flee, have to come, bring forth therefore fruit, meet for repentance. Thank not to say within yourself, We have Abraham to our father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. We see here uh, uh, that John, uh, uh, John, and an analogy of John shows him to be doing another work of the Holy Ghost and the work of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, He said, the Comforter who is the Holy Ghost, He said, the Comforter will not come. But when He is come, He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. When John the Baptist comes out of the wilderness, He reproves them for the sin. He said, bring forth fruit meant for repentance. In other words, they didn't baptize, John wouldn't baptize everybody that came up, just like we oughtn't to baptize everybody that comes up. They ought to bring forth some fruit for repentance. I heard Billy Mitchell say one time that when he was a boy, the Baptist churches, if you got saved, they wouldn't baptize you until after six months. If you showed up on Sunday and Wednesday service and was faithful, then they would have figured you really got it. Amen. If that were intact today, there's a lot of you that wouldn't be baptized this morning. Amen. But I want you to know that John, he preached repentance. You know, the only person that needs to repent is somebody that's got sin. Amen. Uh, John, uh, he reproved him, number one, of sin, uh, uh, just like the Holy Ghost does. Number two, John reproved them uh, of righteousness, self-righteousness. You remember what they said? We have Abraham for our father. You see, the problem with Rome, with the Jew is, is wrote in Romans 10. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And they being ignorant of the righteousness of God, they go about to establish their own righteousness. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all that believe. Amen. I, I'm not trying to work my way to heaven. I, I'm not trying to be good enough for God to accept me because I never can be. I, I, listen, I, if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. I, if you can live good enough and I can live good enough to get to heaven without Christ, 
God would have never gave his dear son to suffer on a cross. Amen. We look here. John reproves him of sin. John reproves him of righteousness. They say Abraham's their father. You ask folks if they're saved, I'm a Baptist. You ask folks if they're saved, yes, I belong to the church of Christ. Or yes, I belong to the Methodist church. I belong to the Pentecostal church. I belong to the Catholic church. That's not what we asked you. We didn't ask you what church you belong to. We asked you, are you saved? And if you're saved, uh, uh, listen, I'm a Baptist. Uh, uh, Jack Kyle's used to say, Baptist born, Baptist, de- Baptist bred, and when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. Uh, uh, you say, why are you a Baptist? Well, I believe what the Baptist teaches is to the Bible, amen. Uh, but you don't have to be a Baptist to go to heaven. Uh, uh, but you do have to be saved, amen. And you have to be trusting the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. He reproves them for their self-righteousness. It don't really matter what family you come out of. We have a saying around here, I ain't said it in a long time, but I need to say it this morning. Nobody at Bethel Baptist Church is better than anybody else. You may drive a better car. You may wear better clothes. You may live in a finer house. You may hold a higher position. But it took the same blood of Jesus Christ to save the homeless guy. It took the same blood of Jesus Christ to save the guy that don't have a penny to his name. It's not by what you own or what you got or who you are. We're, we're proud if you went to college, got a degree. We're proud if you've obtained to a position as a governor or some high office. But when you come through them doors, you're nothing but a sinner saved of grace and we're all on level ground at the foot of the cross I've had a lot of people to leave over that saying well all I can say is good riddance till you get rid of that attitude of thinking you're better than somebody else you're not John reproves them of righteousness the Bible said when the Holy Ghost come, He'll reprove them of sin. John did. Of righteousness. John did. And of judgment to come. John did. John says this. John says in Matthew 3.10, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. John's talking about judgment to come. In an analogy of John the Baptist. I'm seeing a glimpse of the Holy Ghost of God. You say, are you saying he's a type? No, I didn't say that. I said, just in doing an analogy of John the Baptist. I sure do see a lot of the Holy Ghost in John. I wonder why John had so much of the Holy Ghost in him. Don't forget, he was filled in his mother's womb. And if you and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, they'd see a lot of Jesus in us. Amen. Let me give you this third one. You notice the yellow light is gone. The red light is gone. The green light is gone. You say, who took it down? Guilty. I took it down before the first visitor got out of the parking lot. I did get a new clock. Somebody said, you got a new clock. I said, yeah, but don't mean that. Makes people feel better. Start preaching, and usually if I go out and preach, first thing I do is take my watch off and lay it on the pulpit like that. Brother Tripp said it the other night. He said, somebody said, what's that mean? And the preacher said, absolutely nothing. (laughs) But it makes folks feel better. Amen? Let me give you one more this morning. I'm talking about an analogy of John the Baptist. Look over in John 3 and verse 30. John 3 and verse 30, the Bible says, well, let me read verse 29. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which standeth and heareth of him rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. For my joy therefore is fulfilled. Circle verse 30, John speaking. 
He must increase, but I must decrease. John, I see the Holy Ghost in John in his revealing. He revealed Christ. I see, I see the Holy Ghost in John in his reproving. John reproved of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment to come. But thirdly, I see the Holy Ghost in John in his reducing. You say, what do you mean? John moves to the background and Jesus comes out to the forefront. That is always a sign, a type of the Holy Ghost of God. The Holy Ghost of God. You won't find John ever speaking about himself. He always speaks about Jesus. You know what the Holy Ghost does? He always speaks about Jesus. And I have Pentecostal friends and, and I love them and everything. But I want to tell you this. We're not to be making uh, the Holy Ghost the head of the Trinity of God. Jesus is the one that we are to be magnifying. Amen. We see this in John speaking. He never speaks of Himself. You can always tell when the testimonies of God. You say, why? They don't get up and speak for an hour about what they've done. Amen. You know what happens when me or you or anyone else gets up Brother Sammy, and we start bragging and telling about what we've did. The Holy Ghost goes away. My sister likes this saying. She often quotes it to me. The Holy Ghost, one of the, one of the uh, emblems of the Holy Ghost is water. And water always runs to the lowest spot. You know who's going to get the most of the Holy Ghost blessings in a service ever who's able to get the humblest. You say we can't humble ourselves. Peter said you could. He said humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You say how do you humble yourself? I'd start looking at that for a while. Amen. I'd start looking at where he brought us from. I'd start looking at where you are now and where I am now and but by the grace of God and be in jail or hell or somewhere else. Good day when we realize we're nothing apart from Him. And our kind of a day people want to brag on their self. The Holy Ghost has no part of that. If you want the Lord to come into a service, you start bragging on God's Son. It's all right to talk about yourself in this vernacular to say you should have seen me before the Lord saved me. I just thank the Lord I'm not going to hell. You should have been in my home before Jesus came in. You should have you should have met my children before I met the Lord. You see, you keep talking about the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. That's what John did. When John came, he said, Behold John. No, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Taking away the sin of the world. Can you imagine the self-exaltation to realize you you're the one? that was picked to baptize God's Son. Of all the preachers and priests and all the people, God picks you to baptize God's Son. But did you notice when that voice came out of heaven, it did not say, this is my beloved disciple John, in whom I'm well pleased, though I'm sure the Lord was. It did not say, uh, this, this, this is my people that I, that's out here. This is my people. Did not say that. But what it said, he did not say this is the Jordan River where John, where Jesus is getting baptized. He did not say that. He said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." We see this in John speaking. You don't speak about nothing but the Lord. You don't find many people like that in our world today, but there's a few old saints of God around. You get around them and 
Everything they said seems to give God the glory. Everything they speak seems to end at Jesus. I want to be that way, don't you? But we see it in John's sending. Look in John 1. And look down about verse 35. And the Bible said again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. You see, he's a type. He's a type and analogy of the Holy Ghost. You say, what do you mean? The Holy Ghost tries to get people to follow Jesus. The Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit of God. You say, well, it looks like you're following the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but where's He going to lead us to? Where's He leading us to? He's doing the same thing John did. Those two disciples heard Jesus speak, and it don't say it, but no doubt John said, boys, uh, you'd be better off to follow Him than you would me. You see, I'm not making disciples of Rick Prophet. What a, what a pitiful crew that would be. I can't even diss my own self uh, to please me or the Lord. But we're making disciples of the Lord Jesus. I'm not trying to be a carbon copy of any preacher. I'm trying to follow the Lord. Amen. I'm trying to follow Jesus. I don't want them to see Charles Mustard in me as much as I love Brother Charles. I don't want them to see David Epps in me as much as I love David Epps. I, I want them to see Jesus in me. Uh, Jesus in me. And he's speaking. And then not only that, but look here in John 1. And we're just about done. Look in John 1 again, if you would, please. And look down about verse 15. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake, that he that cometh after me is preferred before me, and he was before me. And of his fullness have we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses. You know what Moses was? Moses was a prophet. The law and the truth of the law was until the time of John. You know who John is? John's a prophet. But the Bible said, but after this grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. End of an era. Watch it. No man has seen God at any time. I've met two or three said they did. They contradict the Bible. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. This is a record of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask of him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. John said, I'm not him. He said, and they asked him, What then art thou, Elias? And he saith unto them, I am not. Art, they said, Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. You know what that means? Back in Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses said that, I, that he'll send a prophet unto you like unto Moses. Talking about Jesus. They've been looking for that prophet to come. And when John come out, Brother Lance, they said, Are you that prophet? And he said, No, I'm not him. But he is. You know what he did? Here's what he did. This is what every preacher ought to do. Old Brother Ziegler, bless his memory, I love that dear old man of God. And old Brother Ziegler, we was riding along one day and he said, Brother Prophet? I said, yes, sir. He said, when a preacher is called to the platform, when a preacher is asked to get up and to preach, he said, that's the preacher's time to turn the spotlight on Jesus. Amen. He said, this world, they put the spotlight on Hollywood and the sports arena and the billionaires and millionaires and political potentates. But he said, when a preacher gets up,
It's His time to get the spotlight on Jesus. You know what John did? John put the spotlight on Jesus. You know what the Holy Ghost does? He puts the spotlight on Jesus. Can I tell you this morning that the spotlight only needs to be on Jesus? Can I tell you this morning there's only one name given under heaven whereby you ought to be saved? No, sir. Whereby you must, you must be saved. Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me and be ye saved, for I am God, and besides me there is no other Savior. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. Thank God for the, thank God for the re- revealing work of the Holy Ghost of God. I wouldn't know nothing if it wasn't for Him. Thank God for the reproving work of the Holy Ghost of God. You know what John did? John kind of came out of nowhere. And you know what the Bible says about John? John was a man sent from God. You know who sent the Holy Ghost? Jesus says, It's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But if I go away, I will send Him. Amen. Oh, I'm so glad that morning in July, I'm so glad that morning that the Holy Ghost of God came out of nowhere. Ten-year-old boy, I wasn't looking for Him. I wasn't expecting Him. But the Holy Ghost came out of nowhere. And one day, that morning when the Holy Ghost came out of nowhere, a ten-year-old boy felt as guilty as if I'd killed someone. Just came out of the horror. And I began to weep. And I began to feel conviction, neighbor. It's my neighbor here, amen. Y'all wonder what happened to my old, uh, my old sports track gray truck. He's a-driving it, amen. I said, that thing's had a lot of prayers prayed in it. If you go in a Holy Ghost fit going down the road, don't be surprised. It's had a lot of prayers prayed in it. But I'm glad the Holy Ghost of God reproved me. And then you know what He did? He revealed to me what you need, Jesus. Amen. Thank God. I'm glad this morning the Holy Ghost is still operating. Might be a 10-year-old boy or girl in here this morning and out of nowhere, you might just sense a presence from another world. You might just feel like you uh, killed somebody. And after I was a grown man, I heard Billy Mitchell say the same thing. Billy Mitchell said, He said, the day I got saved, he said, I became so guilty, I felt like I killed somebody. And he said, I found out ten years later, I did. I I had a part in the murder of Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. Thank God. Are you here this morning? Have you forgot about the work of the Holy Ghost? He reveals things. I know a lot of you get mad at me and you think it's just me. And there might be some of that in there. I'm human. I'm not divine. Some of that might slip in. But the Holy Ghost reveals to you, you need to quit your gambling. You need to quit your cussing. You need to quit your adulterizing. You need to quit being unfaithful to God. That's not me. That's the Holy Ghost. And you don't need to resist Him. Like Stephen's crowd did. You don't need to resist him. Thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit. Revealing, brother. Reproving. And if we get the more of him we get in us, the less of us is in us. 
and the reducing. The reducing. I'll close with this. You know what I've observed over 42 years? Going in and out of hospitals I did yesterday. Probably will today. You know what I've observed going in and out of nursing homes and looking at people that used to be so proud? Their hair had to be fixed. Their makeup had to be just right. Their clothes had to be perfect. But by the time God rolls you in and out of hospitals and nursing homes, pushed down the hall half naked, people grabbing you and putting you in a shower and and seeing your body that you're ashamed to look at yourself. Neighbor, I've come to this conclusion. You may not get saved before you leave this world, but God is going to make sure that when we leave this old world, we don't have one ounce of pride left. Amen. Can I say this? I probably oughtn't to. When my mother was in the nursing home, Sheila, you remember this? And they always sent female nurses in there to mama. And uh, one day they didn't have a female nurse and they sent a male nurse in there, a big old guy. He come into my mother's room, Lance, and mama said, what do you want? He said, well, I'm come to take you to give you your shower. She said, I don't have showers by male men. He said, I only have showers by female, female nurses. He said, well, it's going to be about two or three days before you can get one because they're all off. And Sister Mary, my mama, looked up at him and she said, go ahead and have your way with me. You know what the Lords are doing? He's trying to get us to that point. We say, I don't shout. I don't run the aisles. I don't testify. I, I don't get up and tell things about myself that I'm ashamed of. But God's trying to get us to a place, Brother Sammy, where we finally say, Okay, Lord, go ahead and have your way with me. Let's stand this morning if you would. Piano player coming, song leaders coming, and I hope you're a coming. Oh, thank God for John. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Lord, I 